This is Modern Woman. Find us at modernwoman.co for further info. My guest today has a wealth of experience in the fashion industry. She's currently a casting director, international model scout, lecturer and philanthropist. It's lovely to meet with you, Sandy. It's great to meet with you. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. So there's quite a bit I want to get through today. Um, But obviously, I know that modelling was quite a um, large part of your career. Tell us, how did you, many years ago, how did you start off in modelling industry and how did you become successful? Well, that's always a great question that I love to answer. I'm from Nashville, Tennessee, and I was born and raised there. At 18 years old, I decided that I really want to be a model, and I knew I couldn't do it there, so I went to Los Angeles, knocked on so many doors, couldn't get hired as an agent, I couldn't get hired as a model, I couldn't get an agency, and I just knew that it was a passion inside me, which is so important, and I knew that at one day that this would manifest to something that I wanted. So I kept knocking, knocking, knocking on doors. So anyway, um, one day I was able to meet Monsieur Givenchy from Paris, and he asked me to do the show. I did his show in Beverly Hills, and after that he asked me if I would come to Paris and be his muse. So that was really my main start as to become a model. And so did you meet Givenchy through basically knocking on so many doors? Well, actually, I went to an agency and she said, darling, why don't you just go have lunch? You're so small, you're never going to fit these clothes. And I thought, and I was very, very thin, but a very healthy thin. I've never had a problem with eating disorder or anything like that. I was just naturally thin. So she said, but give me your number and let's see what happens. So two years later, this particular agency, which is a huge agency in Los Angeles, called me and said, is this Sandy Bass? And I said, yes. She said, are you still modeling? I said, yes. She said, are you still skinny? And I said, yes. She says, well, go up to the Beverly Hills Hotel. None of my models are fitting the clothes. Maybe you could fit them. Well, I was so excited. She said, Givenchy is there. I said, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? She said, no. So anyway, I went up met monsieur he said oh my goodness you're going to fit the clothes i love the way you walk i love how you present yourself i did the show and after the show that's when he asked me to come to paris to be his muse and i was supposed to stay six months and i ended up staying six years in paris and from there all of the other designers came valentino carl lagerfeld uh, dior i started working for all the other top couture designers as well as Prêt-à-Porter in Europe. So I guess once one of the top brands sort of saw your potential, the others followed, so to speak. Exactly. Well, that's kind of what happens, and it still happens today. When one model gets a, a great brand, the others kind of want to use yeah. that same model. So compared to today, do you think that it's just as difficult to break out and be a model, like a successful model in the industry? Or do you think agencies are a lot more lenient towards models today? It's really a good question. And, and just let me tell you a little bit about what I do today. I am actually, I had a great career as a model. I worked until I was 48. I lived in Paris for five years, Rome for six years, and Tokyo for five years. So I've worked all those markets and I was very successful in them. And I had a very successful career as a woman of color, uh, which is 
first of all, difficult in itself to break through. But I was fortunate enough to be able to do that. So after my career as a top model, I traveled all over the world. I met amazing people. I'm, I'm so proud of the career and the, the blessings that have come to me from becoming a model. It has really enabled me to meet a lot of people, a lot of celebrities, a lot of just plain ordinary people that I love also. So after that, I became a model scout in Tokyo. And in Tokyo, I worked for this agency called Agence Press, and I would get models for them. I'd do the contracts. I'd work on the visas. And then I came back to America, and I started working at Red Model Management, which is an amazing agency in New York City. And um, to answer your question, it's different today because of, there are many reasons. Social media, number one. Um, there's more access to information. Sometimes the information isn't good, sometimes it is. Um, diversity, which is really why I'm here. I love models of diversity. I am behind Angel Sinclair, who is absolutely amazing. I met her two years ago, and we just kind of formed a bond because we have the same heartfelt um, feeling of helping other people. So the difference is today is diversity and age, which is part of diversity. We can use more mature models. And I just placed two um, amazing mo icons, I call them, at Red Model Management, uh, Deborah Shaw and Stacy McKenzie. And if anybody out there knows them, you can look them up. Amazing, amazing models. And they are a woman of a certain age. And uh, we are also looking to include plus size models. So it's the, the industry has changed and it's time for that. So I'm really, really proud to be able to be a part of it. Talking about social media, uh, which has obviously been a cornerstone of our lives um, for many reasons. How do you feel that influences, whether good or bad, um, the fashion industry as it is today? Well, social media is a great platform, number one, and this is where we're going. We cannot deny it. Um, we have to get on, people like me, a woman of a certain age, we have to get on that bandwagon because uh, technology is upon us. Um, I think that, well, it really kind of started with, uh, I want, I'm going to say America's Top Model, which I was on, and um, I think models today want it quickly. And not just models, but lots of industries. Everybody thinks it's supposed to happen today, not tomorrow. They don't want to prepare for it a lot of times. And I think that social media is, it is a huge part of, I mean, I scout on social media. I, I work with agencies all over the world, Nigeria, South Africa, Asia. I do everything on my phone. All I need is my phone. And social media has played a big part in our society, period whether it's Europe, Asia, uh, America. So it isn't going any place. But my, my point of, of what I think needs to happen is we need to be a little bit more savvy on it and not just completely put everything on our personal out there. And this is what I tell my girls and boys at Red Model Management. You, everybody looks, the clients look at social media. They look at what you post. Yes, don't just post yourself. Don't just post photos of, of, of yourself being beautiful. What else do you have? Do you like music? Do you like sports? Uh, what do you like? Do you like to draw? Do you like art? So be interesting. And that to me is for the modeling industry and for a scout, you can look at someone's Instagram and you can say, oh, this, part, this model is interesting. Looks like he or she has what it takes. And it looks like 
they have a great personality. So social media plays a big part. And, and I, I have to embrace it because it is here. I mean, what would be your opinion in terms of social media, say for a younger generation that look at certain, not necessarily models, but, you know, have it and it affects them emotionally in terms of not feeling good enough about themselves? Well, I think I have grandbabies. I have a 10-year-old. I have a 9-year-old. Um, they're so interested because they're wired for that. I don't know. It seems like they're born, uh, this younger generation is born to be um, drawn to my phone or drawn to social media. You can't help it, so you can't deny that. But I, I think it's really important to still have a great self-worth because you can get, okay, I have... 50 likes. Oh, I only got 10 likes. Oh my goodness, does this mean that I'm not worthy? Um, I, I think confidence and self-esteem is so, so important. And this is what I preach. That's why I love doing what I do. That's why I love models of diversity because the, the, the modeling industry is about beauty, yes, but at the same time, these are people. These are young souls. And, and the way that I, and I'm not just saying me, but the way I think we have a responsibility to these young kids to help them understand that just because they got 50 likes or whether they got 10 likes does not diminish who they are. It's so important not to get overwhelmed with social media and, 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 and to put everything out there on, on your soul. Conversation one-on-one -on -one, like we're having is still very relevant yeah. in life. And I think that that's missing mm -hmm. today with our young kids. A lot of times I, I feel like, I mean, they can't even string a sentence together because they're so used to being on their phone. They're so used to looking down and not looking up at you and actually speaking and, and, and making sense. So I think it's, um, it's, it's twofold. It works for us and against us. I, I think, um, and even the language, um, even the using the uh, um, American or even the English language, the way they're dissecting it, sometimes I can't understand what they're even saying. And I have to ask a younger person, what does this, they're using acronyms, and I don't understand sometimes what they are because they're butchering the English language, which I think is very unfortunate. Mm -hmm. And also reading a book. You know, everything is online. I love Modern Woman. I looked through the magazine. It's amazing. And as I looked through it, I thought, you know, I wonder do a lot of young kids, they, they've kind of missed the boat on picking up a great magazine like Modern Woman and actually reading and hold it in, in their hand without it being on their phones. I totally agree. And I think, firstly, I think it's about finding that balance with social media, you know, and using it, like you say, put out there your interests and why you are interested to the world on social media, not necessarily about taking things personally on an emotional level and letting it affect your confidence. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, you can't beat face-to-face -face interaction. I think events has brought that back massively. We're seeing a massive surge in people going to events now, um, you know, which I think hopefully is that element of face-to-face -face interaction because nothing can take that away nothing will ever beat that it's just I think more of a time sensitive thing so let's sort of like talk about your growing up childhood I know that you grew up in Nashville in Tennessee um what was that like it was it was wonderful I had great mom great dad um sister it was really small family but the south is and you know I think that it was great for me to 
be brought up in the South because I had really simple values. Um, I went to church. Um, you know, my mom taught me right from wrong. Don't talk back. Uh, those simple values that a lot of times are kind of thrown away today, unfortunately. That's why some of our kids get out of hand and, and don't have respect for elders. So I was brought up in a time and I'm going to tell you the time I was brought up. I was born in 1950. I don't mind. I don't mind because I'm proud of who I am. I'm proud of my age. I'm proud of what I have succeeded in in life. But Nashville has been a great base for me. In fact, I go back there to scout. I go back there. In fact, I have a beautiful young lady that I found. Uh, actually, I found her in Los Angeles, but she's from Nashville. And she came to Europe last year. She did Christian Dior. Uh, exclusive um, a fashion show and I just love going back home to get those raw girls and boys that maybe don't have a chance or feel they don't have a chance and not just Nashville I go all over looking for models to bring them. I love changing lives I love taking models from Nigeria or from Asia and and giving them a chance to see what New York is like and what the industry is like and to financially they get financial gain on it because in the modeling industry it's a great vehicle to get out of uh, the countries that they're in and actually be able to make money and even send money back home to their families. Mm -hmm. So that's very, very important to me. And yes, Nashville, country music. I love all types of music. Um, I love going back home and um, I just love being with my family. And I, and I love traveling, and I'm so happy to be here in London. And I'm so excited about tonight, too. What's happening tonight? Oh, my gosh, I thought you would never ask. <laughs> we, I am here because I was invited by Models of Diversity to attend the BFC Awards tonight. Wow. Yes, it's a main event in in Europe, actually all over America, it's a big fashion event tonight. All of the fashion industry icons are going to be there. Uh, all the top models are going to be there. It's going to be an amazing event. And we have red carpet access, which is amazing. We have a great booth. So, And I have my dress that I'm going to put on love to get dressed up. And Angel and I are just going to have a great time. And I'm so grateful and honored that she invited me to this amazing event. It sounds like you're going to have an absolute ball. Um, so obviously you grew up in Nashville, but you now live in New York. Um, and you've obviously travelled around a lot. I mean, where would you say you've been to Tokyo, been to Paris? I mean, you know, where would you say is one of the best places to live or where, where do you recommend? Well, one of my, I have so many. In fact, I thought um, one day I'm just going to get a map and just put those little pinpoints and I haven't had time because I'm always so busy but I'd like to know myself where I've been I mean the, the, it, it, the, map, the map would be full of little pins of all little bitty places Taiwan, uh, Spain Turkey um, uh, uh, Brazil uh, South Africa I've, I've been so blessed but if I had to choose one place that I wanted to go back and live I have two, two folds. One would be Rome. I lived there for five years, and it was absolutely amazing. But to really settle down, you know, when I get old, there. Always older. Never old. Don't get older. It would be Cap d'Antibes in the south of France. I lived in Cannes for um, a year, and I used to go there quite often to work. And it's just a, a, a beautiful place. I love Europe, period. I love New York. 
Um, New York is so busy, and I, you know, the, the pulse of the city, sometimes I'm thinking, okay, Sandy, how much longer are you going to be able to do this? I love to take subway because subway is easy. Taxis are great, too, but sometimes the traffic is horrendous, and you, I, I can never be late on any meeting. So I'm up the steps, down the steps, running around Grand Central, and I'm thinking, okay, wow, I wonder what it would be like not to do this. But at this point, I'm still doing it, and I love it. And I'm going to continue to work and to work for good. That's what's important for me. Well, I always think that, you know, when you, you know, when you slow down, you almost stop and it's hard to keep going again. So my thoughts is just don't stop. <laughs> just keep going, you know. Um, but you mentioned, obviously, that you're really busy all the time. And obviously, you spend a lot of time scouting. So I'm interested to know exactly what the process is. But what is a typical day in your life at the moment? Well, I um, wake up usually around 6.30. Um, I wake up at 6.30. That doesn't mean my feet hit the floor. I wake up about 6.30. I, unfortunately, yes, the first thing I do, well, I center myself. I, I think, you know, I think that I'm thankful that I'm here today. And that's what kind of makes my day going. And then I pick up my phone, maybe 10 minutes later, and I look at Asia. Um, I look at my phone because I have emails from Asia because of the time, the, the time, because I work, I could work 24 hours, but obviously I have to sleep. So I look at my phone and I answer the emails from Europe. Um, I answer the emails from Asia and I get up and I sometimes go to the office. I don't have to go to the office every day at Red, which I'm happy about because I'm not that office girl where I sit at the desk. I'm a butterfly. I have to be around. So um, I get submissions for models all the time on my email. I look at Instagram. I scout there. Uh, I go to the office at Red. I hold castings for models that I've found. I um, bring in new clients for them. Um, I talk to all the bookers that are there, and um, I leave. Um, most of the time, I, I, I usually spend maybe two hours there, sometimes three. And then I go back home, and I can always work from home, too, and I do. And um, I do have three grandbabies, which I'm so proud of. I go there on the weekends. They live in Connecticut with my daughter and her husband. And um, he's a proper English gentleman, a wonderful man, as my daughter is also. And my life is pretty full. It really is. And I love what I do. Um, I, I put people first before things. Um, that's why I like to treat models like they aren't things because they aren't. And I, I want to get into their heads. I want to make sure that they understand that this is a business and it's their business. I hold seminars at Red talking to the boys and girls that I bring in just to make sure and I listen to them uh, you know I want to know what makes them tick I want to know and it gets very personal they call me on the phone mm -hmm. I'm like a mama there yeah. and um, that's why the owner Neil hired me is because I do have this experience and I, I do have a level um, type of um, head this business is not all beautiful this business can be really tough and uh, thinking that you're beautiful all day long and uh, and just having that false sense of security with social media because everybody's like, oh, I got 100 likes. Um, you know, it gives you a false sense of, of who you are. Uh, and that, again, takes away from the connection that you have when you speak to someone. There's no, no um, way to get around um, being personal. So my thing for, for what I do, and I think what I would love for 
my legacy to be is a kind person, someone that gives, someone that has helped someone. I think we're here to serve. Um, I've learned that in my 68 years of life is that it isn't about the money. It isn't about, um, you know, what you have or the fame. It's about who you are and who you are in your heart and what you've done to help the other person. So 68, I'm just sort of blown away by that figure because literally you look absolutely beautiful. You really do. I would never, ever have guessed that age at all. It's all that hard work, you see. It's good for you in the long run. Um, So, I mean, you mentioned about this business being really tough and I can totally understand that, relate to that. You know, we do do some of our own shoots. Not that I've ever been massively involved in the fashion industry, but I, you know, when we have to cast and all the rest of it, it can be tough, really tough on the models. Um, So from that transition of when you were a model to becoming a scout, which you are now, um, tell us how have you... You know, you say you work with Asia, all these different countries. How have you become so successful within that industry? Well, I think I am focused, very focused. Um, The connections that I have made, I've kept because I am personal. I pick up the phone. I have kept my friends. I've kept my um, agency contacts over the years and it has made it easy for me to pick up the phone or email any agency whether the agency's in Paris whether the agency's here in London or New York ah I'm Sandy saying oh yes I remember it's because I've met so many people I've been in the same industry for oh my gosh I what 40 something years yes I have so these contacts are important and, and they're personal. And this is what I always say to my girls and boys also. Who you see going up, you're going to see again coming down. Always be kind. You never know where you're going to see this person that is on a, a little lower level right now. In four or five years, this person could make a difference in your life. Mm-hmm. So always be nice to people. Always be personal. Always keep good contacts. And that's what has helped me. It has made it so easy for me to relate. It's made it so easy for me to scout. They want to give me their girls. They want to give me their boys because they like who I am. So, you know, how would you define success? I would define success sleeping well at night. A calm, peaceful, not necessarily, it isn't all about money success because success is, is, I think, a feeling of comfort. And you can have that with less money or more money. Even people that are really, really, really wealthy may not feel successful or content with themselves. If you can go to bed at night and sleep comfortably, eight hours, seven hours, however, you wake up feeling good about yourself, to me, that's success. And thank you for the compliment for my age. And this is why I don't mind telling. And this is why I can speak from my heart because I have experienced this. I haven't experienced everything, but my goodness, there aren't too many things in this industry that I have not Mm -hmm. experienced. I speak three languages. I speak French. um, I speak Italian. And of course, I speak English. I used to speak a little Japanese, but that's kind of gone. Um, I've raised a daughter who's just absolutely amazing. She's uh, French is her first language. And now I have three grandchildren. They all speak French. And, um, you know, life is good, but it's also what you make it. Mm. And you shouldn't take things for granted. And you shouldn't think that things are going to happen all the time quickly. 
it takes time. You have to climb step by step by step. And another thing I think is important is sometimes I tell my girls and boys, if you don't get this particular job, it wasn't for you. There's another one around the corner. Patience is everything. Absolutely. And same as, you know, if you don't get that client, there is always another client and probably a better one out there. Okay. So, um, I mean, obviously, you, you've done a lot in your time. And obviously, over the years, you must have seen a lot of change for women's rights. Um, and considering we're here for modern women, I'm quite interested to know sort of what is your opinion on women's rights? And tell us some of the changes you've seen and what are you really passionate about in that respect? Well, being a young woman myself from Nashville, Tennessee, I felt segregation. I used to have to drink out of the fountains that said colored only. When I went to the theater, I used to have to go to the back of the theater that said colored only. So I was brought up in an area, in an era in the 60s where Martin Luther King, John F. Kennedy, I mean, I saw the assassinations, I saw women and men of color being sprayed with fire hoses. So I lived through that. I lived through women of color being uh, suppressed. I remember when women could not vote at all and, and, and women of color also. So um, I'm, first of all, I'm proud to be a woman. I always have been. Um, I'm proud of the way finally, it's, it's really slowly coming but women are awesome. We really are awesome. We have the babies, we continue on. A lot of single moms out there with illnesses too, but they still keep going. They get up, they get those girls, those kids off to school. Um, uh, women are just, we're sensitive, we're emotional, we are backboned. I mean, we are built to survive. That's why we have the children. Not knocking men or anything. They're good for a, a couple of things. <laughs> they're, good, they're good for two things. And, and 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 we do need them. They're strong and they help us have children. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Um, but uh, we do need men. But as far as women go, that's why I love Angel. We're fighters. Yeah. You know, we are fight, and I know you are too. I can look at you and tell Rosie, you're you're a sweetheart and you're a strong woman, and I'm loving this magazine you have. So today, I think oh, we almost had a woman president, Miss Hillary Clinton. Uh, um, I mean, we just have women that are still Oprah Winfrey, amazing. I mean, I, uh, Princess Diana. I mean, these women, and this come, it's becoming more. And another thing I want to touch on a little bit is the Me Too movement. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yes. Thankfully, thank we have been taken advantage of for so many years. They call it the casting couch a long time ago. It's been there, but it's finally, I mean, how many years has it taken for this to come to light? Women have been, uh, and, and you know, men are stronger than us, physically. Yeah. Only physically. So we were thinking, oh, well, okay. Well, they could overtake us. Yes, they can physically. So we're just going to succumb to them, but no more sick of it tired of it it's over we are flourishing now and i'm so proud to be a woman and i'm so proud of my women counterparts absolutely couldn't have said it better to be honest but um you know you seem really interesting you mentioned about me too i went to bahrain a couple of months ago and uh, i was chatting to women in conversation they've never even heard of it they don't even know what the me too movement is would you believe middle east and you know 
it's like we what they've obviously experienced and what they still experience you know is um is uh, quite uh, challenging to say the least but you know there's a lot of strong women over there and there are there you know it's getting better but I was I couldn't believe it I thought to myself you know when you're used to seeing something the UK and the US are very strong right really really strong in countries not to knock any other country but we're very pow- got a very powerful voice you know um, so something like me too I was like oh surely you know so no so if you could do it all again what would you change Absolutely nothing. And honestly, absolutely nothing. I can't see. I'm happy where I am today. Um, I am full of love. I have had a successful career. I've had several um, in the same industry, of course. Um, There isn't anything I would have changed. I mean, I love my daughter. I'm I'm even friends with my ex-husband. We were married 30 years, so... I mean, I'm I'm just happy to give back today. That is what my mission is today: is giving back. Um, am I completely wealthy or is, no? But I'm so rich inside, and that is why I sleep well at night because I know that I was put here to help serve, and I still have a passion for life. Um, I'm I I I love people. I love. Um, um, changing lives, which I have, and these kids in Nigeria that I bring to New York, uh, they are so grateful, and uh, they can take their money back home and give to their families and buy homes, and to me, that's satisfaction, and that's why I'm really happy to be here working with Models of Diversity, and I am definitely behind them. Yeah, and we are too, and we're doing a quite a big campaign next year, February, March time, to coincide with London Fashion Week. I'll tell you all about but you know it's something really passionate you know is models of diversity absolutely um, but also body confidence you know and feeling like you say that sort of contentment in your heart mm. and trying to let that breed through the younger generations as well because I don't think it's fully there yet you know so it's been wonderful speaking with you is there anything else you'd like to add Sandy well I would just like to say um, to everyone and to your readers of Modern Women, uh, love the title, by the way. Um, just keep pushing. Um, just keep recognizing who you are. Just keep, um, you know, focused. Um, everything is not going to be yours, but what is yours will be yours. And I just want to thank you, Rosie, for having me. And I want to thank Angel Sinclair again for having me. And I'm just excited to be here. London is great. Next time I come, I'm going to get to see more of it. <laughs> thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. And that was Sandy Bass. Thank you.